Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet, that's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and Game Sense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste. Or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products. Because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger. Fresh for everyone. Hey everyone, this is Jody Sweeten from the podcast How Rude, Tanneritos. I've been needing a quick getaway with my family, and the 2024 Hyundai Santa Fe is the perfect vehicle to take us there. It has standard third-row seating, so I'm able to pack my entire family, plus pets, in the car while also having enough room for our camping essentials. Available H-Track all-wheel drive will get us through any dirt trails, and available dual wireless charging pads will ensure we never have to worry about getting stuck with a dead phone in the middle of nowhere. Visit HyundaiUSA.com. Or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. These people need to know who the hell's in charge here. What the rules are. Welcome to Walkers and Talkers, episode 206. I can't believe it. Oh, wait a minute. You can't believe it. You're so shocked. You didn't even let me say who I was. Who I'm you so are. sorry. That's okay. <laughs> yeah, we're, we're so far past 200. I feel like I was just teasing you at 197 that we were so you close. Were. That was that was uh, nine episodes ago, roughly. Holy moly. Take. You're right. Times three, counted two. Well, anyway, I'm David Brody of Melville Street in the Morning Show. Welcome to Walkers and Talkers. That's Jamie from Light FM in New York. Are you playing Christmas music yet? We flipped the switch Already at Radio City Musical, actually on stage with the Rockettes, which wow, was really fun. That's really yeah. cool. I should yes. have known that, but I wasn't listening at the time. But that's right. <laughs> it's fine. That's fine. Turn us on now. You can hear all the Christmas music. <laughs> yes, yeah, as long as it's not during Elvis Duran in the Morning Show. It's fine. <laughs> yeah, we, we love to support our sister station, so that's good. Anyway, uh, we are here uh, after a extra thick and long episode. Oh, boy. Last extra week, thick. Which was, a, was an, I, I had to... I had to edit a little bit of it, and um, so I had to listen back to some of it. I, you could he- I could hear myself out of breath halfway through <laughs> it because it was such a long episode. It was very long. Four episodes we talked about. We did. We're only going to do two because we're all caught up, except for the fact we can watch next week's episodes already. We're not doing those yet. Not yet. But we are up to episode seven of uh, World Beyond, Blood and Lies. And something I didn't realize, which I should considering I, I do a Walking Dead podcast, is that there's only 10 episodes. Yeah, I was surprised. Technically, we could be watching eight already. Have you watched eight already? 
Of fear? Yeah. No. no world, world Beyond. Um, I'm halfway through it. Oh, we were talking about World Beyond. You should listen to this podcast. It's very I, I know. I'm sorry. I blanked for a moment. Yes, I'm halfway through it. Isn't blank for your moment? Your, was that your nickname in high school? Oh, here comes blank for a moment. <laughs> blank for a moment. <laughs> yeah, episode seven. So which, whenever I watch episode eight, we'll have two episodes left. So I'm so used to like eight episodes and then take a break and then come back for eight Me more too. episodes. They didn't even do a break after five, really. So no, they're just speeding through. I think they're just trying to like get them out. Last season. Because they're not in a hurry to get them out because of the Rick movies because there's still no word of the Rick movies being filmed, oh. being written. The guy's off the show now for three years. That right? doesn't three seem years? possible. But I think you're, yeah, you're right. Right? We talked about that a couple like a couple episodes ago. Yeah. So you're gone for three years. Let's... Uh, Let's start uh, filming a movie here, sir. It was middle of season nine, but that was, you know, with COVID and everything, it backed everything up and we're in season 11, but it was... Whatever it was, whatever many years ago it was, they haven't, you know, they weren't prepared. Rick wanted off before they had written a script that they were happy with. So anyway, let's talk about World Beyond. Uh, Jamie, you and I were talking briefly before I hit record. You liked this episode more than previous episodes. Would that be correct to say? That is very correct. And I actually thought to myself, I was like, wow, this episode's really good. I was really into it. I was surprised because, you know, listen, you guys listen to the podcast. You know that we've been a little critical of World Beyond. Just a little bit, yeah. If they started off this good, we wouldn't have been so critical of the show. Yeah, this I think this is probably one of the best episodes. So it's like a, so so it's like oh we're uh, we're enjoying the show and it's ending, and we're done. I mean I'm not saying keep it. <laughs> I'm, not, I'm not saying go another season because truthfully I still don't like half the characters. True, but the show is better. You know why? Because it featured adults. It was definitely more about adults this time. Agreed, and, and I, I think that was a, a big part of it. We had some hope and some iris, but there was a lot less Tuffy Stitch. And, uh, <laughs> yeah, there was hardly any Tuffy sets, just a smidge. A little too much Percy for my money. Keep keep your shirt on, kid. And <laughs> there was some Cyrus. But for the most part, it was about the adults. And the kids were sort of a side note, which they are in the other Walking Dead episodes. And look, if you are a fan of the kids, I apologize. If you are Team Iris, Team Hope, that's fine. Just for me, I think their acting is bad and their lines are bad. The writing's bad for them. But the adult writing seemed a little bit better. And Jadis has certainly explained a lot of what was left hanging from her time on The Walking Dead. Wouldn't you agree? I agree. And it was awesome to have her on and just hear what she had to say. Yeah. So uh, let's let's talk about the episode. Lila is experimenting on the 24-year-old soldier we talked about last episode. He's begging her uh, not to kill him and telling her that the, whatever their plan is, it's not going to work. Meanwhile, Dr. Bennett and his daughters are examining whatever Felix gave them from what he stole from the, the lab. And they've discovered it's a kind of nerve gas that attacks the moisture in your body and makes oh. you drown from the inside. Awful death. Awful death. Shortly after that, Layla exposes the guy to the gas we just learned about and kills him and then mutters to herself, that's the way we're going to have a future. Mm. So again, she has little compassion. She's a machine. You know, she's desensitized to it all and realizes, I got to do what I got to do. Doesn't totally, care it was who, robotic watching yeah. him die. Doesn't she didn't care. even like tear, and I'm like, oof, I couldn't watch that. No. Uh, Jadis interrogates Cyrus because he was captured uh, last week or the week before. She asks him if he likes living in the facility where they kill the walkers, and he says, well, it's okay. It's kind of like living in a junkyard, <laughs> which was hilarious. Yes, she I laughs. that was funny. She laughs and says, you're saying that like it's a bad thing, which was a, <laughs> a huge nod to The Walking Dead. I thought that was, that was very good writing there, yeah. 
He says he got lost and he was afraid to ask for directions. He thought he might get in too much trouble, which is believable because, you know, he's a shy kid. And he's new there. He's still the new kid. Right. Plus, he's also had a lot of problems with authority and getting in trouble. It's understandable and believable if you know him, right? Oh, 100%. Yes. They bring Dennis in because Jadis still doesn't really believe him. And Dennis vouches for him and says, yeah, he's the type not to ask for directions. He's a good kid. You know, he's fine. She lets them go, but she says to him, you'd make a good soldier, but don't get lost again. In that way, like, we're not going to believe you next time. Exactly. Like, you got away with it this time, but next time... mm. Yeah. Lila gets stopped by security about the missing vial that Felix took. Hope is removing a speaker downstairs in the basement where she's hiding the vial. We find out later she's hiding the vial. We didn't know what she was doing, or at least I didn't notice what she was doing besides removing a speaker. But that's what she was doing. She was putting the, the vial on the speaker. That Mason kid interrupts her as she's doing it, and she says, oh, I was just looking for you. Really? You were looking for it behind like a big boiler machine? Like a big, it looks like a craft <laughs> oh, brewery oh, tower. There you are. <laughs> and he was like, oh, cool. You know, because she's pretty. He's, she's like, oh, we should hang out later. He's like, oh, yeah. Yeah, I won't, I won't notice at all what you're doing because <laughs> you like me. <laughs> boys, am I right? Ah, oh, teenage boys, you are right. Thank you. Lila comes to Dr. Bennett's room, you know, Leo, and she tries to warn him that they're coming to take him in for questioning. And he plays dumb, like, I don't know anything about the vial. What are you talking about? What vial? I don't know about vial. She says, I told them I misplaced it and that if um, you just give it back to me, your daughters, you know, will be fine, but they're in danger right now. I didn't know if I believed her at that point. I was on the fence. I was like, oh, shit. I don't, I, she was really believable, but I was like, ah, I don't know if I can trust her. Right. CRM guards come to take him, and she's hiding in the closet wherever she went in the other room, whatever. Felix tries to stop them from taking Dr. Bennett, and they arrest him also. Iris runs back to her apartment, her dad's apartment, to warn her sister. And when she gets there, Hope and Lila are there waiting for her. Lila says, I'll make you a deal. Give me back the vial, and uh, I will tell you what you want to know about what we're working on. Like, the mysteries here, I will unveil the mysteries. Just give Mm -hmm. me the vial back. Cut to Jadis talking to Huck. She tells Huck about the break-in. She says something is missing. And she would like her help to get it back. At this point, you know Jade is, is suspicious of her. Oh, she is no fool. Yeah. She's like, oh, you know, something's missing. So hmm. of all the thousands and thousands of CRM guards, I'm going to ask you for help. I because, need your help. Yeah. I don't know if you knew there was a break-in, but, you know, there was a break-in. And Huck is like, oh, really? How interesting. <laughs> she says, you are going to lead the investigation into how the vial disappeared. So again, it's because she doesn't trust her that she wants her to lead the investigation. Lila takes the girls down to the room where she studies people who reanimate. And Hope says, you kill these people to watch them die? And Lila says, no, most of them were bitten on the road or out in the real world. And we bring them here. Keyword And, and most. Iris says, most? Lila tells them she developed an algae-based chemical that slows down the time between getting bitten and turning into a walker. But she needs more test subjects. So the CRM killed 100,000 people in Omaha to give her more test subjects. Holy shit. Casual. Just 100,000. You know. Yeah. She said there was nothing I could do to stop it. She says, when I asked them why all those people had to die, they told me not to ask again. Like, uh, Ixnay. It's none of your business. Ixnay on the asking, eh? Yeah. The girls are upset. But Lila says, Dr. Abbott tried to stop them. And look at him now. And they show him in a in a room. Uh, he's a walker now. 
Remember we saw his photograph on her desk last season? Yep. Oh, oh yeah, that was him. You're right. Right, and then he was dead. But we didn't know how oh, he died. And he's rat. in a room chasing a rat. And she says, the interesting thing is, the rat will eventually get tired, but the walker never will. Walkers don't tire, they don't sleep, and they will win. We can't beat them because eventually we'll tire out. Now, I mean, that's true. That may be true that they never tire out, but how many episodes have we seen on The Walking Dead where they're sleeping in the field? What do they call them? Um, sleepers? Sleep, sleepwalkers? Sleeper cells or something? <laughs> I don't know. Somewhere. Sleepwalkers. <laughs> oh, oh, um, uh, oh, uh, uh, something with a C. Uh, they call them columns. Ah, uh, columns. Columns. You talking about when they say there's a herd? On no, show? when they when they when they're like laying in a field, not animated. They're just like sleeping. I don't know, but I like the name sleepwalkers. <laughs> sleepwalkers. <laughs> I guess you didn't hear it the I'm, first few times. I'm, I'm sorry. That's okay. I do like that. Lila says, "I'm putting your father's life ahead of my own, and I need the vial back." And Iris says, "No way." And Hope tells her, "It's behind the speaker." Downstairs, whatever. Uh, she cracked fast. Right. And Lila says, all right, wait here so we're not seen together. I thought I thought for a second she was going to go get guards to arrest them because they know too much. I actually believed her in that moment. I was like, this is pretty serious stakes. I'm hoping she's telling the truth here. Oh, all right, very good. So I thought, well, at that moment, Hope just threw everyone under the bus. <laughs> how would you explain having the vial, even if you have it? So It could have easily gone that way for sure, though. Yeah. Cyrus tells Dennis he wasn't lost. And Dennis says, I know you were looking for your friends. And Cyrus is like, well, okay. All right. He says, look, the CRM isn't what you think it is. And Dennis got offended by that. Like, how dare you? I've devoted my life to this place. What are you talking about? Because he's still team CRM at that point. Silas is right, though. Yeah. Dr. Bennett tells Jadis and Huck that his alibi for where he was when the vial was stolen was having dinner with Lila and his daughters. But she showed up an hour late because she said she had work to do. So now he's covering for her, explaining why she may have lost the vial. Who reported the vial missing? That's what I don't understand. No one goes in that lab but but, but Lila. So Well, when that power went out, I guess they kind of did a perimeter sweeper check and they noticed it was gone. But it is a little sus that they specifically went to that room and realized it yes. was gone. Because it's kind of hidden, buried. Like, right, it's there'd not be no record of just... the door opening. Exactly, exactly. Right, but I like that. Yeah, it's definitely sus, Jamie. Very sus. Very sus. sus, super sus. Super sus. Super, super sus. Huck gets to interrogate Bennett. She asks him why he loves Lila. And he goes on to say, well, she she's supportive and she's there for me. And he said, I used to love Lila, something like that. So he implied he doesn't love her anymore. Jadis and Huck walk outside and Jadis says, why would he fall out of love with her? Right? Well, I wonder what that's about. She says, well, their stories match up that they were having dinner and that she was late. And Huck says... She must be covering for him. Hmm. Jadis tells security to go get her. The sisters, who are still in uh, Lila's office, see that security on the camera is coming for them. Right? They're like, uh-oh, we're, we're in big trouble here. Like, right? they are about to come in that door right now. <laughs> right, where all, the dead, where all the dead people are. So Jadis tells Leo that as soon as he confided in Lila about his daughter's gifts, in other words, that as soon as he told Lila that his daughter was, was brilliant, just so you know, she went right to Elizabeth with that information. Yes, that's right. She says, you don't really know her. Like, don't cover for her. She ratted you out. Like, she ratted your daughter out. You can't trust her. Can't trust her. <laughs> the security guards come in to 
Lila's office, her uh, research lab with all the walkers. The girls go running behind cage, the cages of the walkers, and the noise covers up their movements. I thought when they were right by one of the walkers that they would untie one of the walkers so the walkers might go after the guards. Oh, my God. I had the exact same thought. I thought they're going to unclip them or untie them, and then they're going to be loose. Right. But then I thought, well, they'll just shoot one of them. They have guns. So that wouldn't, you know, unless they do the whole the walker jumps out at the perfect timing and gets them on the shoulder. But that didn't happen. So perfect timing bullshit. Just as the security guards. <laughs> I knew I you mean, were going to say it's this. It's every episode with the walkie-talkies. <laughs> it's walkie bullshit again, saved by the walkie. Just as the security guards are about to turn the corner and see the sisters, perfect timing bullshit, they get a call on the walkies that the suspect has been located, which means they were looking for Lila and not the girls. Right? Yep. Okay. Lila gets brought in for inter- into the interrogation room. Jadis asks her what she uh, says she found. Well, what's going on? And she says, oh, I found the vial. Really? Oh, like, look what I found. Look what, oh, I just happened it. to find it. Look at that. With no real explanation as to where it was. She says, but I have to be honest. Dr. Bennett and his daughters and his security detail Felix stole it. Now, at that point, did you feel like she was on the wrong side of history right there being a bad guy? I was like, I literally, I go, oh my God, oh my God. Like, cause I thought she had me fooled and now she's throwing Leo into the bus. I was like, this is not going to end well. Right. She, but then she tells Jadis, but you're going to let him go. She said, I've been studying reanimation on live test subjects. And I just had a breakthrough where one subject took eight hours to turn into a walker. And I desperately need his help on Project Votus. And whatever information we come up with, We'll pass on to his daughter. They're all too valuable to punish. Now, I guess that was her plan to say that that he did it, but Mm -hmm. he's too valuable. Yeah, but even though he committed a crime, you you know, we need him. Right. I guess that was in her thought process. I have to come up with a way. I can't say I took it, but at that point, she'd already said she misplaced it. So now she's already lied to cover for him. And she never really apologized for lying. She said, oh, I can't really lie. But she didn't say, look, I'm sorry, I was trying to put pieces together. She should have said, I was trying to stall to figure out what happened. I didn't know exactly. what really happened. Exactly. And I thought maybe he confessed. That's what she should have said. If I'm, if I'm Lila, here's what I say. Look, I, I told you that it was missing because I knew he'd be the only, you know, I'd be the only person he'd confide in. And, I, and I, I left it like it was my fault, figuring the guilt and his love of me would make him tell the truth. And it did. Yep. But instead, she doesn't do that. And she just says, yeah, I was covering for him, but it was him. But, you know, she's already lied. I'm wondering if that's going to come back to bite her in the end. Oh, oh, oh I see what you did there. So then, uh, spoiler, <laughs> Jadis walks off to the side talking to herself that I got where I am by making the right deals uh, and uh, at the right time. And you know what? This is a good deal because this project is too important. And so she says, OK, I agree. Dr. Bennett can work with Lila. So everything's hunky dory, right? Everything's great. Uh, sure. They got away with it. <laughs> well, we'll talk about that and whether or not they got away with it right after this. Hi, this is Pollyanna McIntosh, Jadis on The Walking Dead, and you're listening to David Brody and Jamie on the Walkers and Talkers podcast. They take, they don't bother. 
Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet. That's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. You deserve a moment to yourself every single day. And a delicious bite of a Keebler Sandies can give you that comforting pause. <sighs> Don't forget to pack the melt-in-your-mouth magic of a Keebler Sandies to steal a moment for yourself before the week ahead. This magic is baked into simple shortbread cookies by Ernie and the Keebler Elves. So as life continues to fly by, make the most of your me moment. Take a pause and enjoy a Keebler Sandies. You're a growing business, which means you need every spare hour you can find. That's why the most successful growing businesses are working together in Slack. Slack is where work happens, with all your people, data, and information in one AI-powered place. Start a call instantly in huddles and ditch cumbersome calendar invites. Or build an automation with Workflow Builder to take routine tasks off your plate. No coding required. Grow your business in Slack. Visit slack.com to get started. Do you need to take a break or anything? You're good. I'm good. All right. Jadis takes Huck and Lila down to Lila's laboratory where to see the test subject that lasted eight hours. And Jadis was like, well, eight hours is, you know, it's nice, but it's not unheard of. Sometimes yeah, it's it happens. impressive, but eh, it's not the best. Anyway, the guy, the clock on the wall says seven hours and, a, and whatever, many minutes. And he's already turned. Yeah, it was less. It was like seven hours and 48 minutes or something like that. Right. And I'm like, oh, shit, he animated. So uh, now you've good. lied again because you, the clock shows he wasn't eight hours. You should have said six hours. You should have said oh, yeah, something. You're right. So she says yes. eight hours. So it would sound more impressive that she needs Dr. Bennett's help. And then when she gets there, the clock clearly says like 730, 740, you know, and he's already turned, which means he probably didn't last more than seven hours. In reality, probably lasted like one hour, maybe. So they walk into the room, the airtight room, where they lock this guy in. And Jadis tells Hawk to unstrap the test subject, the walker. Oh, my God. When she said TS, I was like, unstrap the TS. I'm like, oh, my God, they aren't going to do it. You mean the subject? The subject or right. test subject. Or Taylor Swift. Or T-Swizzle. T-Swizz. Yeah. So. Release Taylor Swift. Taylor's version. It's well beyond Taylor's version. Huck pulls a gun on Lila. She says, we're going to go with Dr. Joe Jada says, we're going to go with Dr. Bennett. He's smarter than you. And he has two pressure points to hold him in line, meaning his daughters. Yeah, exactly. You lied to us. And said, you misplaced it. You are the vile. You are a security risk. And then Jadis locks her in and she's screaming, no, don't lock me in here. (laughs) See, if Lila was a badass like Daryl, 
he would just crack the, the thing's neck. That's what I thought. I was watching in there. I was like, okay, what if I put myself in this situation? Because that's what I do. Right. And I'm like, okay, what can I bash its head into to, you know, make the brain right. smash you, the you brain? You could like, easily what can I shove it into it the down, wall, knock it down. Shove your high heel in its eye. Right, flip it over. Flip it and reverse and, it. Right. Put your thing down. And, uh, <laughs> and, and smash his head against the machinery. Like there was equipment there. You could have bashed his head against the equipment. <laughs> But she's like frail little. (laughs) And then lets the thing like climb. uh, uh, Oh, my God. She like let it latch onto her neck. And I'm like, this is the worst. I have to say, I love the episode, but this was a really bad death. It was just like it was bad. It was like a bad horror film. Bad with the blood hand running down. Yeah, Jadis puts the microphone on into the room and says that the rat will eventually get tired. But the walker never does. Which is what you know they said about Doctor Bennett and the mouse. How did she? Not Doctor Bennett, uh, Doctor Abbott and the mouse. Right. Well, was she spying, or has she used that term many times? Is that a clinical term that she's used in in lectures, or is that like a thing everybody says? Right. Is that like a thing? I don't know. She's. It was the way she quoted it was creepy. Yeah, but it was like, oh, we've heard those words before. So she's banging on the door after pushing it a couple of times. I guess she's tired, right? Like the mouse, after a couple of times. And she just turns her back to the thing, knowing it's going to, like, and it rips her throat out. Oh, just blood spraying all over. So ultimately she died uh, protecting Leo, right? Yeah. And she didn't, didn't really do anything wrong. She didn't steal the vial. And Huck knew the whole time and let it happen. Because, you know, oh. for the greater good, she died and now the family is saved. Huck would be dead me if she didn't act well, just she the way she did. She could have shot Jadis. She could have pushed Jadis into the walker. Like, there was a way out. Like, lab accident. That's what they said. Yeah, right? Yeah, lab accident. Well, Jadis could have been part of a lab. That would have been the smart thing to do. Actually, that would have been pretty genius to make Jadis a part of the, air quote, accident. Now, I don't know who else Jadis told about her plan. In other words, did, did other guards know that her intent was to kill Lila? And go with Bennett? Or was that something she cooked up on her own? I think she just cooked that up because she's like, oh, tragic accident. These things happen. Yeah. Like, so look, I know you want to win no one over Jadis. Jadis is in charge. So obviously you want to win her over. Because you don't know if the next person in charge will be worse. I think maybe that was part of it. At least she knows Jadis and she knows I can win her over and we're old friends, sort of. And, and you know, the devil you know is better than the devil you don't know. Hundred percent. But she could have killed Jadis at that point. But who knows who would have been in charge next, and done an investigation. And you know, this way Hawk is now, you know, safe. Because Jadis says to her, "You proved your loyalty. I'll be sure to tell your mother." And Hawk says, "So this was all a test for me." And Jadis says, "No, only part of it. But you helped me install Doctor Bennett in the program. You know She's what? She's a sick, twisted mother." Yep. She says, "You need to know all of it. Omaha Campus Colony." All part of a military procedure, and there's more to come to protect our future. So, in other words, yeah, we killed all of them. We did it. We ordered the code red. We did that. Huck oh. goes. Now, here's what was some more bullshit. Huck goes back to her room, doesn't turn the light on. Who walks into your room, doesn't turn the light on? And that was weird. I'm like, and you're like derobing. I'm like, what are you doing in the dark? E- even if you 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 know you're familiar with your house and you're tired, you turn the light on at night. I do. Right? So the first thing she does is take her holster off with her gun and puts it on the ottoman. And, of course, the ottoman falls off and hits the floor. I mean, the uh, the gun... Of course, the gun... Oh, the holster. The holster falls off the ottoman. Of course, it, of ottoman, course it falls off. Of course, 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 it falls off. Of
course it falls on the floor. I'm telling you, she's probably put that holster on that ottoman every day for years. And, and never missed. Never fallen off onto the floor. <laughs> holster, ottoman bullshit. <laughs> Thank you. When she turns the light on, Percy is sitting in a chair with a giant knife. Uh, you creeper sitting in this, just waiting for her. Yeah. So he grabs the gun off the ground because it's within his reach because it fell off the ottoman. Lucky for him, he was in the right spot. And he puts the, he, he makes her sit down on the couch and she says, go ahead and shoot me. It's the gun. Now, what? look, you don't want to die, right? You're, you're, you're a hawk. You don't want to die. You want to talk your way out of it. So you do the old, go ahead and shoot me. I deserve it. But sometimes you don't get the butt out. Sometimes they shoot you, right? Uh, very true. Remember when Negan said to Maggie this season, I don't want to die on the gra- like gravel like a dog like Glenn did? Oh, wrong choice of words, right. but yes, I do remember that. So here's where Huck says, you might as well shoot me with that gun. It's the one I used to kill your uncle and to shoot you. Why would you make it worse? Do you want to die? Know, that was like the most fucked up statement. I'm like, oh my God, why would you tell him that? Then she says, I probably deserve it, but you won't get out of this building alive. And there's nothing you or anyone can do to stop what their plan is. And he says, stop what? What do you mean? So now he's like, duh, tell me. Even though I want to kill you, there's a plan? Yeah, tell, do tell. She should have been dead already. We find out later that why Percy didn't kill her, but most people would have when she spoke to I killed your uncle with that gun. I would have shot her at that point. Oh, yeah, I would have been triggered and she'd be dead. Literally triggered. <laughs> oh, yeah, trigger. actually triggered. <laughs> yeah, actually triggered. Actually. And then trigger, yeah. Felix and the Bennett family decide that they have to escape before Dr. Bennett has to start work on Monday. Now, they don't know Lila's dead. They just think he's going to start work working with Lila. Percy knocks on the door. He looks awful. We're supposed to think that he killed Huck. But why would he kill Huck off camera? And Iris exactly. says, Iris says, what What did you do? Right? And you're like, oh, he killed Huck. I was no, like, oh, shit. Oh, shit. Because he's crying. Right, exactly. He looks distraught. Huck is talking to Dennis at his garage about what's going on. Percy tells the Bennett family that there's not going to be any alliance of the three. They're going to wipe out Portland with gas as well because that's what Huck told them. So, you know, and then you see, you saw Huck, so you know Huck's not dead. Oh, Huck yeah. is telling Dennis everything and that the plan is to kill 87,000 people in Portland. The Bennett family agrees. We have to take this place down, store the gas safely. And Hope says, okay, but I want to save all the scientists and the research. You're going to try to overthrow the place but protect people at the same time? That's not going to work. That's uh, Good luck with that. Good luck with that. Hope is with Mason, her little cutie. He says, you know, I'm not 100% behind what the military's doing, but it's tough for me because my father is Major General Beale. He's the guy that I think was mentioned a couple of times as the, the big muckety-muck, who we have not seen yet. We have not seen muckety-muck Major General Beale. So now Hope knows she probably can't confide in this guy, or now she has a way in. Like, maybe she can get on Beale's good side. You could see the wheels turning in her head. She was thinking about it. Right. Is this a good thing or am I screwed? <laughs> yes. Do I need to avoid Mason? Now I can't trust him. Because although he, we already know he's not a big fan of the CRM, his father is... He still has one loyalties. Of, one of the big shots, right? Because he's, he's a major. There was a theory online that Rick is Major Beale. But they said Major Beale... What? Yeah. But he can't be because he doesn't... How? He didn't have a son no. that old, right? No. And, and according to what they said Major Beale was, that he joined CRM 10 years ago, two years into the apocalypse. 
Well, Rick, two years of the apocalypse was not at CRM. No. So he's, he's, not, he's not Major Beal. Definitely not. There's going to be no Beal reveal in the final episode. <laughs> Beal Rick, reveal. Yeah. <laughs> I feel like Rick's not going to be in the finale, even though he should be. Oh, God, he should be. And if it's a surprise appearance, that makes for a shocking moment, but it doesn't help the ratings. Like, people will watch it after the fact, but it doesn't help the initial rating. No, you're right. It won't. Not initially, for sure. Not initially. That's correct. That's correct. Okay, let's talk about Fear the Walking Dead. Okay. So, before we get into the episode, I have some walking, some Fear the Walking Dead news that's pretty big and may or may not have some crossover implications. Now, keep in mind, The Walking Dead is ending as we know it, right? Mm-hmm. Okay, it's the final season. However, this news may lead to us seeing some more characters stick around. Mm. The Walking Dead spinoff, Fear, is what the article says, is exiting Texas after this season and relocating production to Savannah, Georgia for its eighth season. Whoa. Very interesting. As you remember, Fear the Walking Dead started off in, in Southern California and Mexico. Yep. And Texas. And now... The studios where they film in Austin have reported that December 17th will be the last day when they wrap for the season. Interesting. Here's what I'm wondering. When they head towards Padre, which is south, is Padre going to be filmed in Savannah, Georgia? And and so that's where the new location is. Or is Padre not really a thing? And they head on. He's like, let's go meet my friends in Alexandria. The problem is The Walking Dead is still seven years ahead. Yeah, there's no jump there. There's no jump. And we already know they, they didn't show up seven years ago when oh, Lenny yeah. James left, right? So so this would be like, I don't know, a year after Rick James. Uh, Rick James. This would be, <laughs> sorry, I'm going to This would be like a year after Rick Rimes left in the yes. helicopter. Yes. And we already know they never showed up. So there can't be an overlap. No, there can't be. So there, there'd have to be, if they, so... Because The Walking Dead's no longer filming in Savannah, depending on where Daryl and Carol film, if Daryl and Carol, uh, you know, roam out west to Nebraska, hmm. do they, they wouldn't go through Texas, so they wouldn't go to Padre, unless they also, because again, they're seven years ahead. Padre could be long gone by now, right? So they're not going to run into Morgan's group unless Morgan's group has a massive time jump living at Padre. And then it maybe ends up in the Commonwealth or something. Like fear could end up in Commonwealth. That I could see happening at some point. Or fear could eventually end up back in Alexandria and everyone's gone because at that point, maybe everyone has left to go live at Commonwealth. Hmm. In which case, they could then use all the sets for the fear cast and they would be like, oh, where'd everybody go? But again, there'd have to be a time jump of seven years. So maybe they live at Padre for seven years. There's a time jump. And then they go to Alexandria when everyone's gone. That could we'll, happen. I guess we'll find out. But I'm thinking Padre will be located in Texas, but filmed in Savannah, Georgia. In That's Savannah. I, yeah. That makes sense. The episode's called Till Death, which we find out is a reference to a character who played a bride and her groom husband. Not exactly. We'll explain as we get closer. Uh, yeah, kind of. <laughs> Two guys with gas masks are in the middle of town eating, we find out, dragon fruit. I knew it was dragon fruit, but they didn't know. One guy didn't know. He said, what is this? And the other guy's like, you idiot, it's dragon fruit. It's a short guy and a big tall guy. 
Two people ride up in black outfits and gas masks on on black horses and shoot. One of them shoots the fruit out of the guy's hand. Okay. You're telling me. (laughs) So you're telling me that two people, I don't know if it was Dwight or Sherry, doesn't really matter. Neither one of them is a trick shooter like John Dory. They're, They're on horseback. They're riding on horses, moving on horses, and she shoots the fruit out of his hand. <laughs> Other than it looked cool on television, what is the point of that? What, what is the point of risking shooting the guy you didn't want to shoot from a moving horse? For a piece of fruit. I mean, I thought that was a little weird. Yeah. So they are known as the Dark Riders. They say stealing is wrong and we live by a code. The two of them don't seem very intimidated by these dark riders who live by a code. It, it was seemed out of place. Like all of a sudden, these two, they were saviors. They were criminals. Dwight was a piece of crap. Oh, yeah. It was horrible. He killed Dr. Denise. Spoiler. Oh, yeah. I forgot about that. Right on right? the train track. Look, even though Negan made him do stuff, he relished a lot of it. He's a newborn character and he's, he's reborn as a, as a good guy. But now they have a code. Come on. Come on now. I, uh, I know. Anyway, somehow they were told, I guess on a walkie-talkie by somebody, that they stole the fruit from some guy, but they killed the guy. Did they kill the guy to take his fruit? Oh, he's dead. Yeah. And so uh, explain to me how this fruit on a, on, a, on, a, on, a, on a rack, on a restaurant rack. I know. And they're just rolling it out in the road. I'm like, what is going on here? Yeah. Two of them start walking towards them. They're holding guns on them, right? And I haven't figured out why they didn't shoot them yet. <laughs> but one of them grabs for a gun. How do you let a guy grab for your gun when he's 10 feet away walking towards you? Seriously. So the fight ensues. And of course, they shoot the little weak one. <laughs> the little weak one. And the big guy. So, the, so walkers start coming out of, you know, walker bullshit timing. They hear the gunshot and the big guy gets away and they don't shoot him as he's running. Obviously a big mistake that they did kill that guy. Because uh, yeah. whenever you let the guy go, inevitably he kills people, right? Yep. If you, if you ever watched the show Dexter, there's an episode where he has a chance to kill a, a serial killer, a particular oh. one, because that's what he does. He kills mass murderers. Yes. He lets one of them go. Big and then mistake. big mistake because now I don't know if it was before that happened or whatever the case, he ends up killing a lot of people that are important to Dexter. Not the new Dexter that's back. I'm talking about Dexter. This episode, this episode was like yeah, this seven years episode. ago, eight years ago. I'm not spoiling anything, but it's not part of the <laughs> the relaunch. But there's plenty of examples of, oh, for instance, remember Saving Private Ryan? Oh, long time ago. So uh, I'm, I'm going to, I don't want to spoil it, but it won't, I'm not going to say anything that ruins the movie. You should see it. You should have seen it by now, but I'm not going to ruin it. I promise. There's a scene in the movie where they, they don't kill a bad guy. And then the bad guy comes back to do something bad. Because they trusted him and they let him live. And how does he repay them? By doing something bad. Ooh, because that's what they do. So rather than go after this bad guy that they know is a bad guy, they let him run off. Now, I still have no idea how this guy ends up later, how he ended up. But we'll get to that. Lots of bullshit later, I promise. So Dwight says, I didn't want to kill anybody today. Like, it's not why we, you know, I don't like killing people. Now, did you notice they took their gas masks off? Yeah, both of them just stood there and... Why are you wearing a gas mask? I mean, I know you want to cover your face. I get that. Maybe that's why they wore the masks and they're not really in a bad zone. 
Well, the two bad guys had masks on, the fruit men. Right, so they must be in an area where radiation is still a problem. Yeah, they didn't even take out their little thing that starts clicking to measure it. Right, the Geiger counter. Yeah, there you, you go. You write that down, Jamie. I, Geiger counter. Yeah, so Sherry says, <laughs> the more people we take care of, you know, the more other people will be kept in line and they won't be stealing and we won't have to kill as many people. But we did what we had to do. And this guy was a crook. He killed someone for fruit. He deserves what he got. They don't explain how they knew that those people killed the guy. I mean, was there a body in the street? I don't remember. Maybe there was. Yeah. Okay. Dwight signals for the horses to come who were not touched, of course, by the Walker herd. Of course. The walkers never bothered the horses. But in the first, remember, they were on Walking Dead, horses didn't do so well. Yeah. Oh, buttons. <laughs> and the, the horse in the first episode. Oh, well, oh, my God. Well, that one, too. There's been several horses that I've been traumatized by and uh, horse meat. Right. So Dwight is still shell-shocked, right, from what happened. And she says, look, look, D, it was a clean kill. And you're not going to turn into into, uh, him, meaning Negan. Like that, you're not, you're you're doing a good thing here. That's not what Negan was doing. Okay, the credits roll. And Dwight and Sherry return to the cellar where the family is that they were staying with when the bombs went off. The Larsons. We found out the, later their names are the Larsons. Yes. And their daughter, whose name is uh, Brigga? Frigga? I, I, yeah. <laughs> Trigger? I think it was Brigga. Like Brigadoon. I don't know. <laughs> they didn't strike me as Swedish, but the daughter's name is Brigga. And they're monitoring the radio for information about Padre. So they know about Padre also. The couple says, look, this place is run down. We're running out of food. We, we want to leave. We want to go somewhere else. You guys can stay here, but we want to get out of here. And Dwight and Sherry talked him into staying. No, it'll mm. be good. We can get some food. Here's some fruit. Now, did you notice when they said, where'd you get the fruit from? They told the family, oh, we, we uncovered fruit from bandits. We returned the fruit to its rightful owner, and he gave us a reward. Uh, no. Didn't you say that the guy who owned the fruit was dead? He's dead in the street, honey. So I, it, it, it seemed incongruous. Something was wrong there, unless I heard it wrong. So no, now, that's what she said. That's what she said. <laughs> Dwight and Sherry talked him into staying. Just stay a little longer. Just stay a little longer. And Dwight gives her what looks like a broken old Nintendo-looking thing. Yeah, like a little uh, Game Boy thing. Right, but it, it it didn't look like it worked. It was devoid of logos, by the way, if you noticed. Like, they're not, they didn't want to oh, say. Oh, yeah. No logos. It was a, a pink toy, and it looked like the screen was broken. Here, little girl, push some buttons on a broken toy <laughs> that couldn't possibly have working batteries in it. Right? It couldn't possibly. No way. Right. How is she going to play that? The screen How... wasn't lit up or anything. Right. Right. How, yeah, I, what, Game Boy? What are you talking about? It's not solar-powered. Get the F out of here. <laughs> Someone calls on the walkie looking for help. They go out looking for them into the area where everything is yellow and it's, you know, looks like crap. They get ambushed by Howard and his crew. And he doesn't know who they are yet. Other than they're the Dark Riders. Right? They've been looking for the Dark Riders. You notice, again, like I mentioned last week, Howard is in charge of every mission. Yeah, what in the hell? He just all of a sudden was this like weak little guy that never went outside and now he's like the boss and like running right, all these like Wouldn't you send runs. out other, other poor jlubs? Like let the red shirts go out? Why yeah, would you go? it's always Howard. What the hell? Yeah. He says, we were sent out to capture you because somebody admires what you do. And I'm thinking it must be Strand, obviously. It's Howard. Yeah. They oh, cover yeah. their heads with hoods 
and bring them to the office building. Uh, and Strand is very happy to see them. He says, huh, he laughs like, I can't believe it's you guys. He's like, I cannot believe you're the dark horses. Are you kidding yep. me right now? Yeah. And he says, I have a proposal. He shows them around. He says, we can hold up to 200 people here. Now he says, we've got June and John Dory's father, which you'd think they'd want to see. Wouldn't they want to say hi to them? You would think so. My God, they didn't really react over any names. Right. And he says, oh, Wendell's here also. He said that. And Wendell's here. Why would he lie to them about Wendell if Wendell wasn't there? So is Wendell there? Maybe if they ran into Sarah out out there, you know, they his story would match. Yeah, I guess I guess that's right, Jamie. I think that's a good a good angle that they said Wendell was there in case they run into her and they can go, "No, we, we he said Wendell's there." Yeah, we were there and he said he was right in the other room and, you know. Dwight asks about Morgan and he says, "We've crossed pa- we've crossed paths." But no, Morgan, Gracie, Sarah, they're not here. He says, "We have we're particular in who we take in." And and then he says, "Look, I need your help. I've got some woman named uh, Mickey that I need your help with. And Dwight says, there's no Morgan, no Gracie, no Sarah. You can stick this deal up your ass. Like, if you didn't help our friends. Exactly. Bye. Yeah, I'm not helping you. And Strand says, look, Mickey recovered from her wounds, but went out looking for her husband, who we assume is dead. And we've sent people to her house. Somehow they, they knew where she went. And again, how do they know where she lives? Uh, they don't really. Yeah, he says anyone we send out comes back bruised or injured in some way. If they come back at all. Yeah, because she beats them up. She was a wrestler. We find out later she was a wrestler. That's, <laughs> that's why he must have said bruised. That makes sense now. He said, look, I've gone in 50 directions, 50 miles in every direction. There are no habitable areas around here except this place. But she was obsessed with some transmission she heard. And you're like, oh, she mean, means Padre. So, so Strand's like, this, you know, some place she heard of. But I know there's no place because we looked. Obviously, Padre's further than 50 miles. Dwight says, well, what's in it for us? And Strand says, well, I'll grant you access to the building. You can, you can live here. And Sherry says, we live in a place like this. I'm sorry. Sherry says, we lived in a place like this before, and it didn't end very well. And at some point, I guess Strand referenced it as a sanctuary where people can come. She says, wrong fa- choice of words. She there, says, the Mr. fact that you're referring to this place as a sanctuary makes me sure mm. that it's anything but a sanctuary. And makes her skin crawl. Right. Sherry says, no, thank you. We have a code, and this goes against our code, which is to keep people safe from assholes like you. And he's, and so she, they try to walk off, like drop the mic moment and get out of there. <laughs> and not so fast. Security stops them, and Strand says, it's assholes like me that keep people like you safe these days. He says, think about it. Sleep on it. Let me know. The next thing we see, I don't know if they slept on it, it's the next day. Dwight and Sherry are outside with hoods on. They walked them out. And Howard, again, Howard removes the hoods. And I wrote, <laughs> Howard is in every damn scene. They probably were so COVID, COVID it up that they got to use the same actor. That makes, oh yeah, you're right. Makes sense. He says, I'm giving you horses and keep them as a down payment on your mission of bringing Mickey back. Now, why didn't they just give them back their own horses? What happened to the dark colored horses, the black horses? Where are they? They probably took them in. But but why wouldn't you give them back their own horses? Because they're assholes. Yes. (laughs) I don't get that. Did something happen in filming where the horses weren't available? Uh, Or they just didn't want, they wanted to keep them. 
Dwight they took asks, away their, their weapon. Right. Dwight asks how we got outside here. You know, how did we get past all the walkers? And Howard says, we have our ways, but don't follow us because we have to keep this place safe. In other words, don't go looking for how we got out of the building. We got out. Dwight asks Sherry, hey, you, know, you think Strand would let the Larsons in and their daughter if we do what he asks? And she gives him a look like, I don't know, like, you know, which was with Now, at that point, did you think like that was going to work out? Everyone's going to be happy. Oh, nope. Because it's the Walking Dead universe. Because, of course not. And also Strand is is unhinged. Right. Right. Well, we'll find out how poorly that ended for the Larsons. <laughs> oh, when we come back right after this. Hey, now, what is going on, beautiful people? My name is Sebastian Salzi, a.k.a. Mips. I play Cole on Fear the Walking Dead. And you were listening to my pals David Brody and Jamie on the Walkers and Talkers podcast. Peace and love, everybody. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with a king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet, that's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. You deserve a moment to yourself every single day. And a delicious bite of a Keebler Sandies can give you that comforting pause. (sighs) Relax this Sunday with a little moment to yourself and the melt-in-your-mouth magic of a Keebler Sandies. This magic is baked into simple shortbread cookies by Ernie and the Keebler Elves. So as life continues to fly by, make the most of your me moment. Take a pause and enjoy a Keebler Sandies. You're a growing business, which means you need every spare hour you can find. That's why the most successful growing businesses are working together in Slack. Slack is where work happens, with all your people, data, and information in one AI-powered place. Start a call instantly in huddles and ditch cumbersome calendar invites. Or build an automation with Workflow Builder to take routine tasks off your plate. No coding required. Grow your business in Slack. Visit slack.com to get started. Okay, we are introduced to Mickey, who's played by Aisha Tyler. You know, I think, I don't know if she directed the episode, but she's starring in the episode. She's in her house, and she's putting duct tape around phone books to wear as protection when she goes out there. Pretty smart. Yes. Not toughy not stitch, but she's trying. Yeah, not exactly. <laughs> Dwight and Sherry show up at her house, and she shoots at them before they can, uh, you know, explain who they are. And then, out of nowhere, Dwight just walks into her house with his hands up. Holy Lord. And she doesn't yep. shoot him. She doesn't. She's like, hey, 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 hey uh, don't shoot me. How is her door not barricaded better than him walking in? She didn't hear him walk. <laughs> he literally strolled right in. She didn't hear him open a door, climb in a window. He drops his gun, and she puts him in an arm lock 
I'm like, all right, how does she know how to do that? And he says, look, we're not with Strand. And she says, well, how did you know my name? And before she can do anything to him, Sherry comes in with her gun and says, look, we're here to help you find your husband. Now get your hands off mine. That's a clever <laughs> line. Good line. Next thing you know, they're sharing beers at the table. They're all buddies. Mm. Dwight says, I haven't met you before. She says, no, I, I, you know, no, I haven't met you. He's looking at her like, I think I know you. She says, I walked out the front door through the herd wearing my suit of padding. And Strand wants me back before anyone else finds out how I escaped. Exactly. I have have a couple of questions here. You might have some (laughs) questions here. Yes, yes. Somehow, she managed to steal enough phone books from where... (laughs) Who has phone books? Seriously, I thought that too. I'm like, where the hell is she getting this? Now, I guess the office building may have had phone books, like old school phone books. Okay. So let's say she gets the phone books. Let's say she finds duct tape. Let's say she finds armor that she had some armor on, right? Yes. How did she sneak out of the building through security? Was everyone sleeping? Did they think no one's going to go out that door because of all the walkers? And, And she was just able to walk out? Okay, that's part, that's my first question. My second question. They don't know how she got out, right? They just know she got out. They just know she she got out. Okay, yes. they don't know about the phone books. And according to her, they want her back so she doesn't tell anyone how she escaped. She doesn't want to come back ever. So you explain this to me. If she <laughs> never comes back, how do the people in the tower find out how she escaped? They don't. Right. The only way they do is if she tells someone else how she escaped randomly. Like, hey, just in case you're ever taken by Strand and put in an office building, here's how I escaped. And then that person somehow is granted access into the building and then wants to escape. <laughs> so your plan is... It doesn't even make sense. Your plan is to bring her back to the office building to be near the people you don't want her to be near. Why wouldn't you just kill her? Great Why wouldn't plan. you just set fire to the house she's in? You've already proven you're a killer, right? You've already proven as Strand, you threw the guy off the roof. You're not scared of killing. So why wouldn't you just kill Mickey? Send 20 people with guns, blast the house apart, and burn it down to the ground. Or just leave her alone. Right. She's not trying to get back in. Just let her be. She has no interest in coming back. But you want to bring her back so she doesn't tell the people. It didn't make any sense to me. I could go on for 20 minutes. I'm not going to do that. (laughs) Dwight asks her again, are you sure we've never met? And she says, no offense, but I'd remember a guy with a face like yours. Oh, yeah, she, she burned. Lit- oh, yeah, literally Oh, sick burn. burn. <laughs> sick burn. <laughs> That's twice now. We've triggered and sick burn. <laughs> sick burn. I didn't even mean to say it. Just yeah, unbelievable. Dwight realizes where <laughs> he knows her from. She and her husband were professional wrestlers a long time ago. And he said, I used to watch you when you were a kid. You were the bride and he was the groom. They, that was their character names, right? Which is why the episode's yep. called Till Death. Till, till Death. Till Death. She said, look, we retired a long time ago, and we agreed if we ever got split up, we would meet back at the wrestling training gym that we opened up. Yes. So you're figuring, all right, they gave up wrestling. They must have made some money, and they probably found a great location for a wrestling gym to, to make money. Yeah. Can't wait to see where the wrestling gym is. Can't wait. Oh, boy. Can't wait. She says, when the bomb went off, we got split up and I got taken to Strand's office tower and I haven't seen him since. So where, why wouldn't she say, please find my husband? Or, you know, like, where, how do you get split up? If you were together, 
You know, were you on, were you separated looking for food and the bomb went off and you didn't find each other? I mean, Sherry and Dwight, good Lord, how many times did they split up? Right. But who, we didn't know what their stories are, but you'd think they would have stayed together. Right, and she has no gas mask, but she's fine. Yeah, no gas mask. She says, I, I, look, there's a herd of walkers by the training facility, and I no longer have enough protection or weapons to get through the herd if there's a big herd there. And so they say, we'll, we'll help you, right? We'll, we'll go, you will help you. Yeah. Mickey says, our finishing move was called Till Death to Us Part because I played a character called The Bride. He was the groom, but I can't do that move without him. Like, I'm lost without him. I don't even have my move. Hmm. Because right? I think Dwight was like, you got to do the move. Got to do the move. And she's like, I, I can't because I don't have him. Her, her partner's gone. Right. They go back to the, uh, the cellar where the, where the family is, and the couple is shot dead in the head, and the little girl's a walker. Oh, that was really hard to watch. That was like Sophia. Was it Sophia? Yeah. Coming oh, out. God, That's when what... she came out of the barn. Yeah. yeah. Oh, spoiler. Sophia's dead. Spoiler. So at this point, who did you immediately think it was? Who, who did you think it was? I thought it probably had to be Strand's people somehow, but then I was like, how do they know about these people, the Larsons? Like, I didn't really right. know what to I think. thought it was the people stripping the walkers down. Very good guess also. I just, I was like, God, who the, who would do this? Right. Even though, the, who knows where the cellar is in, in relation to the stripping walker people? But, you know, everybody seems to find each other. Everybody I, seems to be like, you're right. So I, it, did, it didn't make sense to me. I couldn't figure out who did it. So then I thought, is it the guy that got away at the beginning of the show? Because uh, that, cr- that crossed my mind for a minute, too. I'm like, did he follow them? Did he know where they were staying? Well, he couldn't have followed them because he ran off. Well, oh, yeah, he did run in the other right? direction. And they had horses. So there's no way he followed them. Okay, so Dwight starts to question everything and says, you know what, maybe the safe place is is to go with Strand. You know, maybe maybe Strand's tower is the best place for all of us. And she says, you're chicken shit. <laughs> and Dwight thinks, says to her, I think you're going to die if you go out there alone. Uh, yeah. And she says, if I go back, Strand will lock me up because, he do- again, he doesn't want anyone to find out how I escaped. Well, then why wouldn't he just kill you? That's insane. <laughs> it doesn't. It's a dumb plot point. Uh, Sherry, after spending the entire episode talking about how nothing will ever separate us again, we found each other against all odds, <laughs> right? It's true love. You'll find your I'll husband. See you later, Dave. <laughs> I found my husband, my man. You'll find yours. And then she's like, yeah, gotta go. <laughs> <laughs> Smell you later. <laughs> yeah. Sherry is the worst. She is the worst, and on a drop of a hat, she will just leave your ass. Now, he wanted to go back to the tower to keep her safe, right? We find out later. That's, he says, well, I wanted to raise a family with you, right? I'm spoiler. That's what he says later. If you want to raise a family with this woman, why, why would she leave him alone in the woods and say, go back to the cellar? Why would he let her go off without him? That's what I thought. I'm like, go with them, you dodo. What are you doing? If you feel like the right move is to go with Strand, fine. But go with her and then go to Strand. But you're Stick not together. You're not going to Strand without her. So now you have to hope oh she gets back God. alive. You're letting her go with somebody you just met. Ugh. Ugh. And by the way, <laughs> thanks to Trailer Guy, we already know he's going to trip walkers and, 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 and you know, he's going to be in the ring in the, in the, in the scene. We've already seen that he goes back to them, trailer guy. You had one job. One job. One job. She says to her, to Mickey, I'll help you find your husband, Cliff. 
And then he, she says to Daryl, Daryl. Then she says to Dwight, I'll come back for you and we'll figure things out. She leaves him. Right? I, I okay. And what is wrong with these people? In general. <laughs> in general, you're in a but zombie apocalypse. Specifically her. <laughs> Mickey says, just like Sherry did to Dwight when she wrote him a note saying, Don't follow me. Cliff said not to come looking for him. It would be too dangerous. But I'm doing it anyway, like you did. Like like Dwight did. And then she says, By the way, I lied to you. I don't know for a fact he's at the gym, but I can't think of any other place. But oh I knew Lord, lady. I knew you'd help me if I said I knew where he was. At that point I go, you know what? Go go F yourself. Go F yourself. I'm out. <laughs> I'm outie. F you into the badlands. <laughs> yeah, thank you. Thank you. I haven't said that in a while. <laughs> I know. They show up to a building called the Grapple Chapel, which I guess is a clever name if they were the bride and groom, right? The Grapple Chapel? Yeah, that's a cute name. Did you notice where it was located? Uh, in by the, a farm? In the middle of nowhere. Yeah, I was going to say, okay, that's, all right, that's what I was right. There's like, a tiny little town with like four nothing. little shacks that even if they were open and bustling, there's no houses anywhere. <laughs> so you, oh, I guess the land was cheap. You opened up a, a, a wrestling ring in the middle of Bum F, Texas <laughs> with no, nobody around Bum for F. miles. Nobody. So the sign, the metal sign is blowing in the wind. And it's slamming against the the building. And she says, that's why the walkers keep coming. They're drawn to the building because of the slamming sign, the sound. Sherry asks her how long her suit will keep her safe. And she says, not very long as last time. But Sherry says, well, I have an idea. I have have an idea. Now, you're on horses, right? Why wouldn't you just make noises and draw the walkers away with the horses? From the door. Right. And then just go in. We've seen it a hundred times. Yes, we have. Dwight finds his horse randomly in the yellow zone. We know where the radiation is. Again, the horse is yeah. fine. He goes to get on the horse. By the way, finding horse in the radiation zone bullshit. <laughs> now, uh, I guess, which horse is this? I guess what? one of their, bl- they had those two black horses is one of them. So is that what happened? That, why they didn't get their horses back? When they captured Dwight and Sherry, they just left the horses? Either that or, well, I guess... They I guess they had to keep them or well, no, my, my guess is they had to have Dwight and Sherry ride on other people's horses while they were tied up. So they left the horses. But oh, why wouldn't that? But why wouldn't you tie a rope around the horse and drag the horse with you? Like there's ways you could tow a horse. Oh, for sure. Just grab a piece of rope and. Yeah. So Boom. in the middle of nowhere, in the middle of Texas, <laughs> post post nuclear apocalypse, the bad guy who they've never run into before, pulls a gun on Dwight. Tells him to take hmm. off his mask. Not that it matters. He's not going to die from radiation. He said, look, I found the horse before, so it's mine now. And then he says he admits to killing the couple and their daughter. And then brags and says, look, I have the toy, the, the Super Nintendo toy. What a sick mother. Right. I go, what a piece of shit. Yeah. There's no explanation how the guy found them in the cellar. How did he know where the cellar was? He would have no idea. I have no idea. He says he wants to leave on the horse and I'm not going to waste a bullet on you. Dwight's on the ground. If you're not going to kill Dwight, you're not going to kill him. Why would you tell him you killed the Larsons? Uh, Isn't that the kind of thing you you tell somebody before you kill them? Yeah, like because then they they take that secret literally to the grave. Right. Well, but if you tell if you tell Dwight, 
he's going to come after you for it. I mean, if the guy had gotten don't away. Don't kill him. <laughs> right. So the guy is standing directly behind the horse, even though it, he wasn't behind the horse a second ago. The horse was 10 feet away. It, he For sure. At least 10 feet. Right, because Dwight walked away from the horse, and the guy threw Dwight on the floor when they fought, and he pulled the gun on Dwight. So how is the guy directly behind the horse? Dwight makes a sound with his teeth, and the horse somehow is trained to do this, kicks the guy in the back, knocking him on the ground, and injuring him so badly, he can't get up now. I watched that three times. (laughs) Coincidentally, the Polaroids fly out of the guy's coat, right? All face up. Yeah, because he went airborne. Airborne. The, The horse kicks him. The pictures fly out of his pocket. Really? Does that happen? And I mean, all, I guess if you're kicked that hard, I think it broke his back. And they all fall face up. And it's pictures of the girl as a walker and the dead couple at the table. That was, oh my God, that photo. Now, that wouldn't have meant anything, except Strand made it a point to show him the wall of dead people. Exactly. Specifically showed him that. Dwight now realizes Strand must have put him up to it because he took pictures of the dead. And he says... The guy says, I took the deal because it got me what I wanted. Plus, I got to screw you over. And he says, he says, now when he says, (laughs) who put you up to it? Did Strand put you up to it? And he says, I don't know the guy's name, but he promised me I could live at the tower. Now, nothing in this world, in this show, gets said for no reason. Very accurate statement. There is a reason he didn't say Strand put me up to it. You know why? Because if Strand put him up to it, then Strand has to die. Then Strand is a heartless killer, right? He killed yep. the other guy. He killed the guy on the roof because of Alicia. But he's not, he's not a cold-blooded killer where he would kill a couple and their baby. Now, a couple of things before I un- reveal my theory. Okay, cannot wait. How did anyone know where they lived? Unless, as my theory is about to tell you, my theory explains how they knew where they lived because this guy didn't know they were living in the shelter. Strand didn't know. And also Strand didn't know that they were living with the Larsons because they never said we're living with the Larsons. No, they never said that. I was wondering how the hell did he know? They were outside and said, do you think if, if we do this, they'll let the Larsons live here also. But there was no scene where he said, we're living with a family. We're no. doing okay. He said, we're doing okay. We're living okay. But he never said we're living with a family. Okay. What's your theory at this point before I give you mine? Oh, my God. I I really didn't know what to think. Okay. So let me finish up this scene. Dwight walks away from the guy laying on the ground. And Walker coincidence bullshit. Walkers come out of nowhere. By the way, none of the walkers came for the horse. Now they're coming. Well, you know what? He was kind of screaming at that point. Yeah. And they eat the guy. The guy's yelling, what about the code? The code? You have to ask yourself. Why was this guy on a horse, right, in the middle of nowhere? So let's say this guy killed the family. Why would you be off your horse in the in the zone, in the radiation zone? And why would you be so far away from your horse that Dwight could walk up to the horse and not see you when your mission was to go back to the, to the office tower? Doesn't even make sense. Right. So you didn't know Dwight was going to be there by himself? You weren't no, ambushing there's Dwight. There's no way on planet Earth this guy could have known that. Just no way. Complete Total, bullshit. Just, complete Total. bullshit. Here's my theory. 
Here's why he didn't say Strand. Because Howard put him up to it. <gasps> oh my God, I have ch- legit chills. Because... That's it. It's got to be it. It's got to be yep, it. Yep, because Howard was out exploring. He knew where Morgan lived, right? <gasps> and Howard captured the two of them, the Dark Riders. Yeah. Which means he was out there and had some idea where they lived because he knew what area they were living in. And he dropped them back off. Well, no, he didn't. He dropped them outside the tower. Oh, I thought they, he took them quite a bit away. like away. Well, but. he took them a little bit away, but the tower was in the distance. It wasn't that far, right? They took them away from the walkers. They cleared, you know, but they, he didn't go near the, the, you know, down there. Oh, my God. Now, if it was Howard, why would you want picture proof if you didn't want, like, if you think Strand wouldn't have wanted that, unless you just wanted proof they were dead. And then you'd let the guy in the tower. So my theory, because there's no coming back from this. If Strand did it, they have to kill Strand. Yeah, because like you said, that's just cold-blooded murder. The only way out of this for Strand is if, like, as they're about to kill Strand, he finds out Howard did it, and he kills Howard for betraying him. Then they would, he would redeem himself. That's it. Oh, man. Okay. There's my, there's my David Brody theory for the day. I love it. I love it. I support it. And I think you're 100% right. It makes complete sense. Okay. Sherry has Mickey put on her suit of armor and, and phone books. And she covers it and her with walker guts. Because apparently Mickey didn't know this trick. Apparently it's only a trick that people on Fear the Walking, on, on the walking Dead know. And fear. Because no, wouldn't you cover yourself in walker guts to get out of the tower? Yeah, I would. Yeah. <laughs> Mickey walks her way through the walkers. But the place is chained from the inside. How is that possible? Well, chained from the inside. Remember, she couldn't open the doors. Oh, that's right. The only way it's chained from the inside. There's two ways. One is if somebody jumped out the window, and if they did, why wouldn't you go in the window? Or two, somebody is still in there, alive or dead. Somebody chained those doors. At that point, yeah. I said to myself, "Her husband's dead," because once they go in there, if he was alive, whoever chained the doors would still be in there, right? Exactly, because if they left, like you said, either they've been out a window or they're dead inside. Yeah. So she's now trying to get back away from the door because it's locked. And a walker that coincidentally has a knife through his hand, walker with knife in your hand bullshit. Mm. Now, we've seen walkers with guns in their hand. We've seen walkers with other weapons. But this walker has a knife. Like, remember the walker with the grenades on him? Yes, yes, exactly. Right this there, Walker had the knife right through his hand. Right through his hand. He swings, I guess the actor did, you know, the stunt stunt man. Yeah. Swings his arm around like he's swatting at her and stabs her leg, maybe? And gets caught on the book, maybe? <laughs> on the phone book. <laughs> Whatever the case, she yells out and now the walkers are like, oh, wait a minute. And they jump her. They're, they're all like pulling at her. She's making noise now. She's making human noise. Right. Sherry shoots the glass door out and they both run in and try to barricade themselves in of a floor to ceiling glass door you just shot out. I thought that. I'm like, you idiot. I mean, I guess, I mean, it worked out, but. That's... Right. So the barricades of punching bags aren't keeping the walkers that. out. So they run to the ring and decide we'll go in the ring and we'll pick them off one at a time. We'll get the herd to come stand around the ropes and we'll kill them because they won't be able to get to us. It's then she sees her fake-ass husband, Cliff, as a walker. Oh. She holds Cliff by his head as if to, like, cradle him. 
and Sherry walks over and stabs him in the head. Like, you know what? That's not your husband. And he's about to bite you. So now they're trapped in the ring and they realize the walkers, the ring's falling apart. The ring's gonna, not going to save them because it's a shitty ring. Like, wasn't it a new ring? I mean, how, they're, they're, in the, it, they're only in the apocalypse a couple of years at this they point. They made it sound like they had just built this gym and started it together. Yeah, or before the apocalypse. So how old's the ring? A couple of years? Yeah. So it collapses. A few years. So they decide they're going to call Strand for help. And they're like, okay, he'll, he'll save us and it's better than dying here in the ring. So you, you know you guys rode off on horses. You, you're going to call Strand and say, we're at the, the place you don't know and give him directions. <laughs> and even if he decides to come get you, he's got to take the time to load up, pack up, send some men, get on horses. It's going to be hours before they get there. So what are you doing? With that, Dwight shows up dun, da, 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 in the nick of time and says, don't call Strand. He killed the Larsons and somehow, and he says, um, he said the guy's name. Did you catch that? He says like Eros or... Uh, oh, um, I didn't ca- did he even say his yes, name? Yes, he said the guy's name. He said such and such killed him. So did they know that guy's name? Have they met? Well, the- that's what I'm saying. I meant my question. I'm sorry. I meant to say, did as he got kicked by the horse and they're fighting, like, did he even say I'm blah blah blah? No. Like, how did he? How did you know his name? No idea. He didn't say the guy that got away shot him. He said the guy's name, which is weird to me, right? Because how are they going to know who he is? Yeah. They don't know who that guy is. Dwight has enough guns for everybody, and he throws guns at the at the women in the ring, and they shoot everybody. They shoot all the walkers, all of them, dead, dead, dead. Now, Mickey is using wrestling moves on the ones that get in the ring. She's tripping them. She, she picks up a walker and flips it upside down and then pile drives him into the ring. So stupid. I'm sorry. Are you kidding me? I was laughing. I'm like, are you kidding You've me right now? You made it a cartoon at this point. With the pile driver and the music in the background. It was ridiculous. Ridiculous. And then uh, Dwight hits a couple of them with a folding chair. Like, that's a wrestling move. Are you kidding me? <laughs> well, they talk about, like, if you have AMC Plus, like, they're, like, inside the episode. And I didn't watch sure that yet. What they say they, was the reason? They made, they're like, yeah, because it's a wrestling episode. That was the most fun part of the episode for us. And we made sure to do the signature wrestling moves, like the pile driver and the uh, the chair over their head. Right. And then she starts, uh, Mickey starts slamming a walker's head into the turnbuckle pole. Yes. Th- yes. That was another one they mentioned, too. Now, there's one walker left. One walker left. And Dwight decides he's going to move it right in front of a spot where she, where Mickey can climb up on the top turnbuckle and jump down and kill it in the big move, her big finishing move like she used to. Are you kidding me? Are, <laughs> I literally thought I cannot wait to hear your reaction to this because this was just out of control. <laughs> you, you know these things can kill you. If she doesn't jump right, this thing bites her, scratches her. She jumps down and, and kills it. Like she's a wrestler. Uh, uh, <laughs> uh, yeah, they, they didn't really need that. <laughs> they, didn't, they didn't need that part, yeah. So now the, all the walkers are dead. And Dwight says, I brought your husband outside. I cleaned up his body as best I could. And I found this note. At some point she confesses, by the way, they weren't really married. But they had talked about it. But she put it off. They put it off. And she, oh, the regrets. We put it off. We should have done it. Yeah. Blah, 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 blah. The note says, if you're reading this, I didn't make it. Well, that's original. 
I love you, blah, 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 blah. Find someone else that'll make you happy that will stand in your corner till death do us part. She says, I've got to find Padre for him. I've got to do it for him. Well, he's dead. He doesn't know. He's not going to know. Then there's an awkward scene where Sherry says, um, we will, now I, go back and watch this, everyone listening, all, all you guys. Sherry says, we will. We will find Padre. But they show the back of her head, right? And her mouth is still moving. They cut out audio. They cut out audio of something she was saying to Mickey. And then Dwight starts talking because his voice was overdubbed in to cover up the fact that they cut lines out of Sherry. Sherry then apologizes to Dwight for leaving him and says, and he says, I'm sorry, I was a dick. And she says, no, I get it. You were trying to protect me. He says, no, I wasn't. I was thinking about my father and thinking about how I want us to start a family. Well, then you sort of were t- thinking about her. She's part of the family. Uh, yeah, and it kind of has to go through her a little bit. She says, do you think we could really have it all someday? Maybe we could. Maybe we could have it all someday. And he's like, ooh, so you do want to have a baby with me. I don't think <laughs> having a baby right now is the right thing to do. Uh, anyway, the walkie goes off because somebody needs help. So now the three of them are the dark riders. Mickey's got a dark coat on. I guess she went shopping. And they ride into this area. And I'm thinking to myself, Mickey's not going to survive. Aisha Tyler's not going to be a regular on this show. Ooh, yeah, I, I don't know. Yeah, I don't think so. They're surrounded by some crazy Mad Max looking people who say, we aren't going to kill you. It's not an ambush. We want to find Padre and you're going to help us find it. So they're kind of taking them hostage. So it is kind of an ambush, isn't it? At that uh- point. Total ambush. Come out, guys. Right. We're, we're not going to kill you, but still an ambush. You ambush them. You shanghaied them. <laughs> and you're going you're gonna to make them take you to Padre. As if the Dark Riders know where Padre is. Right. What the hell? Well, they can find anything, apparently. So, But now, are these, are these, these people the naked walker strippers or are there other people? I, when they started talking, I had no freaking, I don't know who the hell they belong to. Yeah, because I, I thought they wanted to get into the tower, but they just said, no, we want to go to Padre. So this isn't the Walker strippers because the Walker strippers are over by Sarah and, you know, those people. Yeah. But they're in the air. Excuse me. They're in the area because the strands run into them. But these aren't the Walker strippers, apparently, because they have a nuclear warhead and they don't need a nuclear warhead to go to Padre. No. So this must be another group. All right. Scenes from next week. Morgan is with Al. They're being attacked by someone who Al says is part of a team of people trying to erase any evidence that Morgan and Al were there. And then they show it's CRM soldiers. But it's seven-year-old CRM soldiers that use those tridents, the three-pronged tridents. Yes, those things. Terrifying looking. Grace shows up in a car and, and with the door open to drive somebody to safety, but you don't see who. They're about to kill somebody. The CRM is about to kill somebody because someone's on the ground and they're holding the electrocution thing to them. We don't know who. My guess is it's Al. Because Al's not in the credits anymore. And I'm pretty mm. sure Al's going to die. That's my prediction. Yeah, she's running a risky game here. Either she's going to leave the show willingly, like she's she runs off with Elizabeth in a helicopter never to be seen again, or they capture her as an asset and take her to CRM, in which case we will see her in the finale. See, that would make sense. If they capture Al, then we would see her seven years later on the world beyond as some member of that, of that community. 
or yeah. as part of Portland. We, we're going to see oh. her at some point. So mm-hmm. she may not die, but I'm convinced it's her, it's her last episode. But remember oh. we said we we're going to see a crossover? Uh, that could be it. That's my prediction. Oh, that they, that's a good one. They capture her because she, they, maybe because, uh, what's her what's her girlfriend's name? Isabel. Isabel. Or Isabella. Isabella. Isabel. Maybe they capture Isabella with Al, and now Al knows too much, so they have to take both of them back to CRM. In which oh, case, God. we'll never see her on Fear again, but we will see her on World Beyond, at least for two episodes. I was going to say for all of the two episodes that are left. <laughs> yeah. Now, we don't know if anyone from World Beyond spins off because... If Rick is alive in CRM, then we would see some of these people at CRM. If they yeah. overthrow and burn CRM to the ground, where is Rick? Is he in Portland? Because he was brought there as an asset, right? Jadis yes. brought him there as an asset. But that means he's somebody of authority now. He's an asset. Seven years later, if he's alive, he's an asset. He probably has a pretty big title now. Right. Unless, well, we don't know what's going to happen because... Does Rick, if Rick doesn't show up in the finale, does the movie start while CRM is burning down and he's running for safety? No, we would have to see him at CRM and show what he did for seven years. Yeah, we need some backstory here. We need to know what's going on. If where, Michonne where is going to find him, she won't find him till at least roughly now. So does Michonne show up in the finale? We don't oh. know. Okay, that's the scenes for next week or next episode because it's already out. So there you go. Uh, two pretty good episodes. Lot, lots of bullshit. Lots I, of bullshit, but I, good episodes. I, I still say I should be in the writer's room going, yeah, right, that's not good. That's, that's level <laughs> don't, seven. Don't, uh, erase that. Bat, delete. You can, you can give me level two bullshit, level three bullshit. I'll believe level four bullshit. But when you get up to level seven, eight, nine, ten bullshit, I'm, I'm out. At least we haven't seen side impact bullshit in a while. We have not, which means we're due. You know why? Because they've replaced it with walkie convenience. <laughs> walkie talkie bullshit. Yeah. So has been replaced. Yeah, absolutely. Okay. All right, Jamie, it's, t- oh, next week we're off. It's uh, Thanksgiving week and we're not, we, uh, I don't have time to do an episode. I don't, I'm going to be. Yeah, we, we have a lot going on. I'm sorry. I apologize. So we'll do a, we'll do a, maybe an extra thick episode after Thanksgiving. So not sure when you guys are listening <laughs> to this episode, but if this is before Thanksgiving, have a wonderful Thanksgiving. Yes. Happy Thanksgiving, guys. If you're listening to this as soon as I post it, go out and get your cranberry sauce and your stuffing now because apparently there's going to be a, a rush and a hoarding and a, and a shortage and blah, blah, blah. I heard you can't get the canned jelly, so. I got it already. You want it in the can? Oh, you like it in the can? I like it in the can. All right, very good. Well, that's how you break a can. All right. <laughs> so uh, I've got my candy, my cans of uh, cranberry sauce already and my bags of stuffing, so I'm good to go. So You're with that, um, it's not time to stuff this thing down. What time is it, Jamie? It's time, time to, to say it, Jamie. Say it, say it. Just say it. <laughs> Jamie, do you know what time it is? Yes. Okay. <laughs> what time is it? It's time to it's shut time that to shit, shut this down. shit down. <laughs> You'll learn. Goodbye. Oh my God. I got like thrown for a minute. <laughs> Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. This is Malcolm Gladwell from Revisionist History. eBay Motors is here for the ride. With some elbow grease, 
fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Brake kits, LED headlights, whatever you need, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. You deserve a moment to yourself every single day. And a delicious bite of a Keebler Sandies can give you that comforting pause. Relax this Sunday with a little moment to yourself and the melt-in-your-mouth magic of a Keebler Sandies. This magic is baked into simple shortbread cookies by Ernie and the Keebler Elves. So as life continues to fly by, make the most of your me moment. Take a pause and enjoy a Keebler Sandies.